Intentional walk for Schwarber. They get to Davis. And with a pitcher spot now on deck, Alan Webster is up in the bullpen. Remember, the bullpen wasn't used on Friday, and Cubs were off on Thursday. Davis in the air, deep left. It is gone. That's a grand slam. The time. Hello, and uh, welcome back to the framing. The conversation podcast, Jeremy. What episode is this? I, I don't even know at this. I point. think it's eleven, right? Is it eleven? Um, anyway, we are we're back after a little bit of a hiatus. Jeremy and I have now wrapped up school. There hasn't really been a whole lot to talk about, considering um, there's been these negotiations with the uh, MLBPA and the uh, and the league itself and the owners about whether or not there's going to be baseball this year, but. Um, MLB draft was last week in Taylor Davis. Number and Taylor, he is a huge draft nut. So Taylor, what, what's your overall take on this year's five-year draft? Just just to start us off. Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I thought overall, I thought it was pretty uh, – I mean, I think there were a couple surprises early. Obviously, the or you know, my team, the Orioles took uh, – I don't even want to try to say his last name. Took Heston from Arkansas. And um, I think everybody thought they were going to go Austin Martin. I don't think anybody didn't think that. Um, But I think they're, I think this draft as a whole was super talented from top to bottom. Like it was really, really good. And um, you know, like many have said, I feel bad that it was only five rounds because I think there was way more than five rounds of talent. And I think you're seeing that like the amount of these undrafted free agents that are signing right now, I I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched it. It's tough for me because I don't watch much college baseball. I would have watched college baseball if there was college baseball this year. That was the first year I would have watched it, but didn't get to. So don't have a huge uh, take on any of the players that were drafted. I am happy that the Cubs took a, a local kid. Um, he was on the Chicago, the Little League Chicago team. I remember watching them probably like five or six years ago. Um, that was super exciting. So it was cool to see. I didn't even know he was on the team until after he was drafted. I knew he was from Chicago and they talked about the Sox drafting him, actually. I was kind of surprised he fell to the Cubs. But it's pretty cool that they got And he's like supposed to be a really good defensive shortstop. Pretty good work ethic, too. Yeah, so I've I'm hoping that I've heard in like eight years around. from now, he'll be in the majors or something. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I thought there were I thought there were a couple like, um, well, here, let's go. Like, what were you guys' favorite, least favorite picks? Not a huge draft guy. Um, here we go. But, uh. No, I, 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 um, I thought the Blaze Jordan in the second round was a good pick by the Red Sox. Or was that the third round? Or did they not have a second round pick? Whoever took Blaze Jordan and whenever they took him, you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Exactly. Um, I thought that was a good pick. And, um, you know, the Red Sox obviously were um, kind of all these teams had very interesting year as far as dealing with their bonus pools because as opposed to having a 40-round a draft with 10 rounds of bonuses to hand out. They only had five rounds of bonuses to to work with. So the Sox went with the Nick York in the first round, trying to get him under under slot, and then we're able to snag Blaze Jordan, and maybe we'll be able to save some money and pay him um, more. So I thought that was um, there were, I mean, a lot of an teams, interesting pick. A lot of teams did that. I mean, I mean, obviously, I think you're going to see the Orioles are going to try to sign a couple guys over slot that they took later. I think that was definitely in the decision to take to take Heston. Uh, over Martin had to be somewhere. Um, I agree with you though. The the 
the York pick was interesting. My two favorite picks, though, um, I personally thought the Sabato to the Twins was maybe the best fit of any of any pick in the first round. Um, he's a pretty advanced bat. I think you were buying the bat. Um, I, I kind of felt like I was watching a young Billy Butler. So I feel like that's kind of the comp, you know, and I feel like he's going to be a, a year from from Nelson Cruz being done. Like, that may be absolutely perfect. You get a roadblocker, you just sign Cruz to one more year, and he fills right in. I like that one. And then um, I think I told you guys earlier, but the, the Bitsco pick, I just love it for the game. Like, that's such a cool pick. That's such a cool story. Kid plays two years of high school baseball, re – uh, reclassifies, doesn't pitch, and goes in the first round. Like it's incredible. Right. Yeah, um, I also feel like the the Royals, uh, or sorry, the the Blue Jays have to be thrilled that they got Austin Martin at five. Yeah, yeah. They, I did not think him. he was even on their board as a possibility. I mean, he was like Taylor said, like he, he probably was going to go number two. If most mock drafts had him there. I don't even think the Blue Jays had him in mind at not even like number three, but like at number five. Like that was I mean, kind I'll of. I'll be a... honest with you. I don't think anybody. Uh, who who was who was pick three? Marlins. Um, Max Meyer from Minnesota. No, 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 no. I know, but I meant the Marlins. I don't right. think the Marlins even thought that Austin Martin could get to him. And honestly, I like the Max Meyer pick. I think he'll be one of the first guys to the big leagues. He's got a good arm, but I'm I'm a little wonder. I'm I'm just a little worrisome because I really a lot of good stuff out of Ace Lacy. And the question for me becomes, does, especially in an organization like the Marlins, is it, is it kind of speed to the big leagues over maybe quality in the big leagues? Right. And you're the Marlins. You can afford right now. You can afford to kind of wait, you know? So I kind of wonder on that pick. um, Although, I mean, you can't go wrong. Look, if he's going to be the first guy in the draft to the big leagues, like a lot of people said, obviously he's not bad. Right. But. So it's, a, it's, it's floor versus upside in a lot of ways. I was going to – I asked this question on Twitter. I want to hear your thoughts on it, Taylor and Devin. Um, do you think that if there's an MLB season this year and there's no minor league season, do you think there will be any players from this draft that get major league playing time? Somebody I, – I liked that question a lot. Um, honestly, I think your best – obviously, I think somebody said uh, reliever. I think that's very obvious. I think left-handed reliever or – Power is is kind of the way to go. I've yeah, heard the, Cub, a lot the Cubs of, drafted uh, a reliever in the second round, broke Caraway's a lefty. I was just about to say that's who I've heard a lot. But I'll be honest, I'm not sure why nobody's bringing up Luke Little. And I know that I know that it's a, it's freaky stuff, and I know that he might not be a real pitchability guy. There might not even be a whole lot there. And I know that you have to face three hitters, but you're gonna get a live arm, and he's gonna be rested. I'm not convinced that's not the guy to get to the big leagues first though and the whole thing is like i think well devin actually you can answer my question first and yeah i mean i think that's a it's very fair and i and i do wonder how many teams drafted with that in mind um because the development cycle for these guys is not going to start at least until next year i know they had some plans to do some sort of extended spring training um you know, to, to try and develop guys. But I'm sure, Taylor, you can talk about how that wouldn't even be close to the same in terms of development for uh, these guys. It'll be, it'll be strange, but I'll tell you this, and I'll bring you guys back a little bit. Probably, shoot, probably, you guys are probably too young, but not literally. But uh, when, when 
before the uh, draft deadline when guys were waiting until the end of, what was it? I think you could sign at the end of August. So if you're signing in August, those guys didn't play their first year anyway. Okay. So now, but let me say this also, that is totally different in this scenario because they also didn't get to play in high school. They also didn't get to play in college. So those guys are a lot of those guys. It made a lot of sense because um, I'll bring up one of my buddies who we have to get on the podcast, uh, Michael Roth, Michael Roth. I don't remember what it was, but when he was at South Carolina, his junior year, he threw some freakish amount of innings, right? He was their horse and they rode him. And so I'm sure when he signed and I think, I don't even know if he signed late, but let's just say he would have been a first rounder. He would have been super, you know, he would have been nice to not have to throw and he would have got his work in still. But my guy over here, my, my, my poor guy, Bitsko is getting ready to go two years without throwing a baseball. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Game, you know? Yep. It's kind of crazy. And I think that this whole conversation about whether a guy would be called up this year from the draft would be so different if the rules um, regarding like the the free agency clock were just start. If you if it started when guys were drafted, I think you could yeah. see a considerable amount of players come up at, not only this year, but every year. But this year specifically, you could see like a, if 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 the free agency clock started when you were drafted instead of when you hit the major leagues or whenever the service time rules happened or whatever. You could see like dozens of guys, I think, from this draft at least get into like a, a few innings of a pitching or like a few at bats. And the best, yeah, the best, and I guess it would, it would lead to the best players on the field is what it would lead to. Yeah. And right. I guess my only point was like, do you guys think any teams drafted kind of with that in mind thinking, OK, maybe we try and pick a guy who might be closer to the majors because we don't really know what the future of development in the minors is going to look like. And maybe we get some innings out of him this year. Right, I look at the White Sox. Um, They drafted a crochet in the first round. And the White Sox are a team that um, you could say if there was a 50-game season, they probably benefit the most from it because they were kind of a fringe playoff team. They might have needed one more year. But this year, I mean, if you're telling me 16 teams get in the playoffs, I think the White Sox probably make it. And at that point, even if they're not World Series contenders, it's playoff experience for a bunch of young guys that they want to contend five years down the road with. And I think getting crochet into that kind of mix, even though, like, I think he was born in 99, so what, he's 21 years old. I mean, there are probably some guys that are in the majors that are going to be younger than him. I, I don't see oh, a problem. No. If, it's, if, it's, if it's major league innings or no innings, I almost say that you could see him getting some innings as like a developed college yeah, arm. Obviously, I, I no agree. high scores are going to get in, but I think those developed college arms, you could see get a few innings. I think I'd, you could see. I, I agree. I think, it's good. I think if you saw anybody get in, it would be, it would be a college arm. It would be a reliever. I don't think you're going to see any bats. Um, but... I don't think like I can speak to how I would draft if I had that opportunity and I would not draft by thinking of this year. I, and I, the only, and, and we've kind of, you know, I don't know if we, we've talked about it a little bit, but like the only way that I would do that would be if it's a 50 game season and I would have to be more than a fringe team. It would have to be a, like, not quite the bottom bottom, but let's just say like the bottom two thirds. Right. Okay. If you're in that group, I think you could take a risk on a player hoping that he helps you that year in a 50-game season with that much variability. I could see the analytics leading to you doing that. Other than that, I think with only five players, I think the only the ability to draft five players, I think you have to go for sheerly best player available. And I think you had to do it – I think normally that's, you know, baseball in general because of 18 layers to get to the big leagues. But – um for the most part, I think this year had to really be like that. 
Right. And I think the draft turns out differently if they already had a season in like a plan for the season in place before the draft happens, because then you could actually see teams that are drafting because they want them on their major league team this year, potentially. But I mean, there's no guarantee that you even get a season this year. I mean, with everything that's been going on in the last few days, I mean, it was a hundred percent confidence a few days ago, but now where are we, where are we now? I mean, when this, when people are listening to this episode, I mean, we could have canceled the baseball seasons for four years in advance or something like that. And we'll have no idea at the time of this recording. It seems like that's kind of how it's been going um, the past few days, but I mean, if they, I think if they had a season in place, my point is, um, like, if they had something set in stone, we could see teams drafting a little bit differently. But they're kind of speculating on even if there's going to be a season. No, I agree. I mean, I definitely think, especially, like, I could see if you were, the other thing, though, I could see is if you were one of the, um, if you're, like, a top half team, if you're the White Sox and you knew you needed one more piece and you were hoping to trade for that piece towards the end of spring training and you just didn't get out that opportunity, yeah go draft that arm you need or go try to get the most prominent bat you could. And, you know, I do think I will say this too, and I haven't really looked into it, but I do think there are times when like you're going to draft somebody that says somebody else can't get them. You know, it happens in every other sport. I think it happens in ours as well. Um, I don't think it's as prominent, but in this year, I definitely think could see that, Hey, that left, that left-handed arm could really help uh, so-and-so, but I'm going to take him just so that they don't even get a chance to use him. Interesting. And, um, you know, they changed the rules around trading guys um, who've been, been drafted, right? Yeah. I don't well, think you no, can trade them the year they're drafted right, right away. Yeah. The Trey Turner rule. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, I believe, I believe, uh, Trey Turner, I believe, I want to say Drew Pomeranz was, was attempted to be traded too soon. Um, I want to say he was, they didn't change the rule because of Drew Pomeranz, but when he got traded from the Indians, I believe there was something with that. Like he, I don't, there might not have been, but I thought it was, I thought there was, I played, I would say this though. I played with a few guys that were in very controversial deals. I played with, uh, Barrett, Barrett Lou, Barrett Lau. Um, you guys have probably never even heard of him. Well, Jeremy, you may have, he was a cub. Uh, Never heard of him. Okay, so he was a pitcher from Texas A&M. That if you go read his scouter, he was a I think he was the third overall pick, third or fifth maybe. But if you go look at his scouting report, it was like it was clearly one of the best arms in college baseball. He was a freak. He was going to be a, a one or a two on any team. Um, and somebody failed his medicals and he didn't sign. Oh, okay. He ended up signing with the Rangers. It was was like the fifth pick, but he didn't sign with them. He ended up signing with the Rangers because he couldn't go back to school because the team screwed him over, I believe, because he had already signed something of that nature, right? Um, So he ended up signing with the Rangers. I played with him. I played with Colin Rea. You know that name? That was the Marlins. So played with him that got sent back for – who was the other player? Do you remember? Who was the player? Rayo oh. Rayo was in the Cubs minor league system, right? Like this last year. He's in the Cubs forty man right now. He was really good in AAA last year. He my was... friend kept asking me why he wasn't PCL, getting called up. PCL pitcher of the year. Yeah, he. My friend kept asking me why he wasn't getting called up to the majors because the Cubs had some some pitching issues. And he was pitching five innings every night and giving up one run. I don't know. I had fun catching him. I have no idea. Um, he's really good, really good dude. But he was he was. Um, 
he was the guy in the Marlins trade that I believe he was with, or the Marlins Padres trade that he threw one game for the Marlins and got sent back to the Padres because he got hurt. And something about like the Padres not giving up all their medicals or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he he was traded for Luis Castillo. It looks like. Oh, yeah. And what did but did you see? Okay, here's your. uh, You guys are looking up the trade, so you know. Do you guys know who the guy was that ended up going instead of him? Um, I think I do now. Wait, no, I don't know. I believe it's uh, I I believe it's the guy that's the. Oh, I now I'm not gonna remember is it the guy that's the starter for uh, uh, Castillo? Like the starter for the Reds. Yeah, that's that. Oh, that sorry, is sorry. When you said Luis Castillo, you know, I'll tell you where my mind went. My the other Luis Castillo, the, yeah. the left-handed hitting yep. infielder Luis Castillo. Because when I lived in, when I yep. grew up in Florida, he was. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference of generations right there. That is that is two hilarious. Different Luis Castillos. You know when I knew? Let me tell you when I knew. That'd be pretty crazy if he was him. traded for two different Luis Castillos in the span of a month. That would be wild. That, okay, now we gotta know if that's ever happened. <laughs> Has anybody ever been traded for the same named player? Like two different people. <laughs> I have no uh, idea. <laughs> that would be funny. Um. So, so Taylor, I have a question for you. What do you What do you think about Torkelson getting selected as a third baseman? I feel like it makes sense at least to try, right? I loved your comment about that as well. I thought that was ingenious. I I think you're absolutely right. I and I don't know why that doesn't happen all the time. I I actually think that that has to play a little bit of a role. I have no idea. I had I have to believe that played somewhat of a role in Brendan McKay because you had to know it's, a, it's well it's going to be slightly different but you had to know that you were getting an opportunity for two players you weren't just drafting one player so right. yes even if you're obviously you were drafting the arm clearly because it was a, one of the most polished arms ever really one of the most awarded arms ever in college baseball so you were taking the arm but you also had the fallback of man this guy can hit so if worst case scenario He's, it's Otani, like we talked about with Otani. Worst case scenario, you're getting a chance at two players. Um, but if nothing else, it drives his value. I think the same with Torgelson. I love that. I think you're absolutely right. Like, there's no reason to not try him there. Right. I mean, I, I look at it as like, you know, when you when you take a guy, especially at 1-1, you need to maximize his value. And when you look at the third base positional adjustment, it's a much more difficult position to play. And the upside is is significantly higher, right? I mean, Pete Alonso was the best first baseman in baseball last year, but I mean, he gets really dragged down in overall value because he's, he's a first baseman and um, you know, you got to give it a shot. And it wasn't even like Pete Alonso was a bad defensive first baseman. He rated out as just slightly above average, but if you're going to have a guy um, who you want to be a cornerstone, he's got to be playing a more premium position than first base. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Totally just blank to what I was trying to say. Did you guys, I totally agree with you. Did you guys see um that driveline baseball came out with a, a war stat for college? So I was looking at it because I was talking – I do a little bit with um the Purdue baseball like communications team, like just tweeting out stats and stuff for, for them. And so um the guy who runs the, the account was talking to me like, hey, like did you see it? I'm like, yeah, I did. Pretty crazy stuff. So um last year, do you know how much war – um Adley Rutschman had in like 57 games in college. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Can you run, run me as, do you have a slash line in front of you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. He had a four eleven average and a thirteen twenty six OPS as, as a, a catcher. catcher, as a catcher in a good conference. 
and he was a good catcher. I'll, I mean, I'll say, I'll say he was well over. What is the? Well, hold on. What is the? What is the magical number? What twelve point one? For what? In the, in that like, I thought there was like a magical like. Wouldn't Babe Ruth? Didn't Babe Ruth have like a twelve point one WAR season that's like never been broken? That's probably what it is. Something like that. I think that. it's like twelve point one. I'm gonna guess it's something like that. It was like I believe it was ten point or nine point seven. I think was what it was, but still uh, in fifty still games. That's yeah. Crazy. That oh, is... I guess I didn't think about that. He's only point. So it would have been a. It would have been a eighteen. No, it would have been like <laughs> thirty. Like 30. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah twenty-seven. If you're, if you're saying like he plays one hundred and forty games, you're talking like a, a thirty more season. Okay, okay. What would that in today's in today's contracts? What is that worth? Well, what are we, what is it like? Uh, ten million or ten million that's per worth, war? That's roughly worth yeah, like three hundred million <laughs> per <laughs> year. So if you can get someone putting Adley Rutschman's numbers up in the major leagues, yeah, you'd name him Pablo yeah. Sanchez. That'd be absurd. Okay, here here's a good conversation that you got for you guys to have right here. Do you think that Torkelson being designated as a third baseman right out of the draft has anything to do with Miguel Cabrera's decline the past few years and they didn't keep him at third base. Say that again. I you cut off for a second there for me. Okay. So when the when the Tigers traded for Miguel Cabrera before they extended him, he was a third mm-hmm. baseman. And if you remember he went there, he wasn't great, but they had Prince Fielder. But then they right. gave up on Prince Fielder, they moved him to first. Well his hitting right. declined then they moved him to DH. Does that? Do you think that the that the decision to make it public that you're going to try to put Torgelson at third base had anything That's to do with that? I think yeah. I think there are definitely guys that hit better when they're more active in the field. I feel like first base. You're not. I mean, you're getting you got you get to make plays, but not in like too many active plays. You're just covering first base. And I feel like third base. You're. I mean, I guess at first base you're more involved than third base, but third base you're kind of. Kind I don't of even mean it like that. I just mean it like, do you think the do you think the organization that's true. Like, yeah. Dang. Okay, we traded for this superstar, and look, I'm a Miguel Cabrera is one of my favorite hitters of all time. Like, that swing is so pretty. Um, but do you think if he stays at third base, it's obviously he's worth more, right? Right. Well, the, yeah, exactly. That's how I see it. If you're if you're drafting a guy one one to play first base, I mean, he has a ceiling. That's the thing. There are not many guys one one where you want to say that he has a ceiling. But if you're saying if you're drafting guy number one overall and you're saying he's going to play first base, his ceiling is he's never going to be like a top three guy for MVP, like maybe very rarely. But it's you need so much better hitting production out of your out of a first baseman for you to be able to, which is why third base, even if he's playing below average defense, is much more valuable than than playing first base. So hold on. How many first basemen have been the top three MVP voting in the past five years? It happens. It just takes a lot more hitting production out of them to say yeah. that this draft guy, this this guy I'm drafting is going to be worth and, it. After. And also, I, I will note that I think defensive value hadn't been like pretty, wasn't as understood as well by MVP voters until more recently. Because I like look at Ryan Howard's like 2006 season when he won the MVP as a first baseman. He was only worth... Uh, 5.9 WAR as a as a uh, first baseman that year, which is a lot for a first baseman. But you know, in comparison to someone like Trout, that's not actually that many. But people were more interested in the 313 average in the 58 home runs. Yeah, right. yeah but I, I and I I would go to say that even though it was only 5.9 WAR, I think Ryan Howard still wins the MVP 
today with today's voters hitting 313 with 58. Well, well Al- Albert votes. Pujols that year was worth 8.1 war after hitting 331 with 49 homers. Right. I mean, that's you'd need a lot less production from a. a he also was third a first baseman, baseman with those. He was a, a really lot, good defensive. To put up that baseman. war as like a third baseman, though, or like just a, not even talking about war, just in terms of value to your team to be able to play third base, you can hit a lot worse than that and still be that valuable, especially if you can actually do something in the field. But I think I'm sure Taylor, you're you're very familiar with it. Most of these guys getting drafted in the in the major league drafts are catchers, middle infielders, center fielders, or pitchers or starting pitchers. Because because oh, sure. everyone everyone started as one of those and then moved away from it. Yeah, Even absolutely. third baseman, you don't see get most of the third baseman. I feel like they get drafted are shortstops. Like they started as shortstops. Yeah, for sure. I think you draft four shortstops, or I think you draft three shortstops to play second, short, and third. Occasionally, right. you'll draft a shortstop to play center, and occasionally you draft one to play catcher. You'll draft exactly. a center fielder. The one thing I do think you miss though is I do think teams draft boppers. I think you just go That's get true. one or two guys that Kyle Schwarber are going to play. You don't know if you're going to play the corner outfield. You might put you at the – I mean, I'm not saying Torkelson is this guy because I've never seen him play def- defense, but right. maybe that's maybe that's him. Maybe it's just – which I'll tell you this, from what I've – the people I've talked to and what I've heard, like the bat is that good. You know what I mean? Like it is it is good enough that it doesn't matter where you're going to put him, but so be it. You're going to have to try him in a few places, but it's okay because he's 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 worth it. But that's, like, like, a Schwarber, that's like a Schwarber pick, right? Like Schwarber was a bopper, right? He was also a catcher. Yeah. Right, but but they knew he wasn't gonna. They, I yeah, mean, I think when know. the Cubs I picked agree. him, they was, knew he was wasn't gonna be a catcher. Was, yes, there was immediate questions of is he gonna catch or play the outfield. Right, and then yeah, it just didn't end up working out with the torn ACL, and they had they had Contreras, they had I mean when Montero when Schwarber came up, and, and obviously Taylor Davis too. Yeah, the cat named Taylor Davis, no big deal. <laughs> but um, Austin Martin, another weird one with those positions, because he was he got drafted as a shortstop, right? But he was like a third base outfielder. Who? Austin Martin? Wasn't he like considered a third base slash outfielder? Yeah, he played outfield at the end of his. He played outfield. You know, Wilson Contreras was dra- was signed as a third baseman. Yep, and then he moved, and then he played moved to catcher, and then he's playing some outfield now. <laughs> Once in a while, they try and Matt. Well, we won't see it anymore. Madden's the only one that's going to do that. <laughs> no, I don't. I actually don't agree with that. You really think Contreras getting more outfield reps? I don't know if he'll get more outfield reps, but I'll, I don't. I mean, isn't his? And I don't know this. I didn't look, but. I know two years ago his defensive value was not very good. He's um, not good. At, well, he's not good at either. He's a terrible framer. All res- he's a great hitter for a catcher. He's not a good framer, and he's a terrible outfielder. So <laughs> he's a if, terrible. Well, if, the, if the DH comes to the National League, the Cubs are happy about it because then they can put Contreras there and then kind of put Schwarber there sometimes and put Hap there and Bodie there because they have a, a few extra utility guys. And with Amaya coming up for the Cubs, you're going to have him, Caratini, and Contreras all, I would say, I mean, Caratini well, and Contreras definitely solid players. I think the I think I think you're. This is what you're forgetting though is by the time Amaya's ready, Contreras will be gone. Contreras, I mean, I think Contreras that the one on guy that year, Contreras the, is on his second year of arbitration. I think the one guy in on the Cubs that I would be most confident is a lifelong Cub is Contreras. To be honest with you, again, I don't know him personally like you do, but from what, no, I, from what I have, I've, no, no, I, I have no. I'll be honest with you. You don't really talk about that. That's never really right, talked no. about in the locker rooms. I, no, no, I'm, I'm saying in I'm, general. I'm like, like speculating. Like I have no knowledge, yeah. but from what I've been reading and stuff, like Contreras seems like a dude that wanted to stay with Chicago. But again, I, I don't know. I would guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Brian's Rizzo's, gone. I, feel I think like Brian's Rizzo's always gone. been like the mayor, right? Like if you think of the Cubs, I feel like even though they've had Chris win the MVP, you had Avi come in second in the MVP. I feel like at the end of the day, like. The city of Chicago still looks to Rizzo. 
You That's know what true. I mean? I think Rizzo's one of those guys too, but I think of the young guys, I mean, like out of oh, Brian. Yeah. Um, like you got to sign Javi. I think Javi could be gone. I think Brian's obviously. Brian's going to Philly. I love. I, I, the comes are going to end up. Wait, I, wait, Jeremy, you agree? You think Brian's going to Philly? Oh, I don't. I don't know where he's going, but I know he's not coming back to Chicago. But the Phillies got like bomb right at third base. They, yeah, if the DH comes right, then you then you deal with that, right? I don't know. Chris is. I. I Chris is such an awesome dude that he'll be. Great I hope he stays there. in Chicago, but man, I'm not confident with Ricketts, and I just don't think they're going to bring. I don't think they're going to spend three hundred. He's going to be expensive. That's for sure. Yeah, and he's older. He's older than Machado and Harper were at Fringe, like by like three or four years at least. I think, right? He's like 28 now. Mm. Uh, he was drafted in what 13? No. Yeah, 13. Yeah, he's 20. He's 28 right now. Wow. Yeah, which 29. is like old. And so, like, I'm not saying he's not going to be worth it, but if you're looking at signing him for 10 years, he's wor- less worth it than a Bryce Harper. And the Cubs couldn't weren't even willing to sign Bryce Harper, so. Even though a lot of people wanted, I think play. Bryce Harper's a much safer free agent signing. I know we're talking safe as in like three hundred fifty million dollars being safe, which I don't even think is ever safe. But really, I think see, I, I I don't, and I'll tell you the only reason I don't is I think that um, Chris's years were more consistent. I, I, think, I agree with that. His I bat think is very consistency, and if you're going to pay a guy three hundred million dollars, I want it to be I want it to be fairly consistent. I how long that, can you bank on consistency for – I mean, can you bank on I, that no, consistency I, as a 36-year-old? I don't let know. Me play, let me play my own devil's advocate here. I've also – I asked somebody when Bryce Harper was a free agent, um, and I can't remember who the – oh, it was Machado. And I can't remember who I asked, but somebody said it was – this was the best answer I heard. I said, who would you rather have? They said um, Machado is going to end the year hitting – 330 with 30 and it's going to be an unbelievable year he's going to be an mvp candidate um or you get bryce harper who if he gets hot will single-handedly beat nine other guys in a playoff series right so it's kind of like pick your poison you can't go wrong you know um, totally but okay this here's a question this, 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 this goes back to the draft though do you think that uh you, you were asking about Drafting players that you thought would get to the big leagues. What about – here's an interesting thought. Do you think te- any teams drafted players with the intention of immediately moving them? You taught, you asked earlier about the draft rules that changed. Do you think any teams – the Cubs, for say, let's say that there was somebody they knew somebody was really on, but they wanted to trade for that guy. Do you kind of get him so you can use it as bait this season that, to try to get somebody? I will say I really think that they should. You should be able to trade draft picks in in baseball. It's really, to me, kind of stupid that you you can't do it. And is, I think, I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. That, why is that? Like, why why did the that trading happen? draft? Picks. It's got to be some competitive balancing, so your teams can't stock up. Or I don't know. I really don't know what well, the answer is. Well, I kind that. of agree with that. Then, because I mean, theoretically, I you could have you could stop teams. You could stop teams from making terrible decisions that way. Right, it's not just terrible decisions. The guy, the teams that can afford, the teams can basically buy draft picks at that point is what would end up happening. But I still think it should be allowed, at least draft picks for each other. Like you should be able to trade a first rounder for a second rounder and a fourth rounder if there's no other players involved. I think that's reasonable. If you if a team wanted to do that, I don't think I don't think a team would. Do you get the associated like, pool? Do you get the associated pool allocation? I think yeah. I, they'd have to figure it out, yeah. but I think that. The concept I, yeah, of draft picks. But here's, the, here's what you would then have happen is somebody that do, really doesn't like a draft trades all of its picks for a bunch of money to one team. 
Is something is that wrong? Is there wrong? Is there something wrong with that? I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I like, what did the what did the Red Sox do this year? They took a a decision, I guess. Yeah, what did the Red Sox do? They took a fifth rounder in the first round because they didn't like the draft and they wanted to save money. That's fair. So, I mean, what what would be the problem if they traded to someone that could actually that actually wanted the pick? Not like it really mattered because they didn't take anyone that anyone else really wanted in the first round, but. If they wasted their pick on someone that maybe the three picks below him really wanted and the Red Sox weren't happy about him. Yeah, that's good. To... No, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess to answer your original question, um, I do think teams that um, are kind of set, like the, like teams like the Dodgers, for example, they kind, they're kind of set. I think they're just more interested in adding talent. And so for them, it's more advantageous to take the best player available I, I personally, if I was running a team, I would always take the best player available. You can figure out positions later, especially for how long these guys take to, to develop. But yeah. I even think there's more of an advantage if you're a team who's kind of has their pipeline set to take the, the best Rams. player available, because then you can just trade those guys for MLB talent when you're trying to make a run. Or, it, you, do it, the, or you do what the Rays did and you draft, you take it, you have the ability to take a huge flyer. Right. I guess the only team that did trade the that did trade draft picks for um, like instant uh, being good was the Astros, <laughs> right? They ended up uh, having to sacrifice their first round pick for that World Series title. I don't know uh, if that's considered, but um, I but every, no, I think every team would trade their first two picks for two years to win. Oh, World for Series. sure. For but sure. you know, it's it's interesting though because. I mean, Astros aside, going back to the Dodgers, right? So they're they're a team that has always stacked up on, on just the talented, most talented prospects. And they also have very good player development. But then they don't, in my opinion, they tend not to trade those guys, right? They tend to just bring them up. Yeah, which is how it should be. Best players should be on the field, for sure. And I think, you, I mean, I'll tell you what teams are fun to watch to me are teams that, like, the Diamondbacks, the Rays, that every single year at the in, in the – middle of august like we're talking about there's 50 games left in the middle of august uh like they're they're gonna be really good and they're gonna be they're gonna be working on the postseason the diamondbacks every single year doesn't matter what happened up into the middle of august in the middle of august they're competing or they're breaking somebody's heart every single year like that's that's baseball to me like and they enjoy that i can't i can't remember who it was but like a couple years ago there was a team that that like publicly came out and said like we want to be the heartbreakers like we're out of it you know they were out of it really early but like they were like yeah we're gonna play as hard as we can still like that's so awesome yeah yeah um and that's and then this year you know kind of as a segue there might not be a real opportunity to be a team who's who's out and get to play the heartbreakers because it seems like everyone might be in it so <laughs> just as a as a quick um primer real quick to to update the listeners this podcast is being recorded um after manfred said on monday that um he's no longer 100 sure that there's going to be baseball this year is that that's a quick summary of of what he said today he uh said last week he was 100 certain the uh league uh offered a 72 game season that paid out roughly equivalent to 50 games of player salaries. Um, the players have remained steadfast in um, arguing for their full prorated over as many games as possible. And they returned to the league saying, um, just tell us when and where implement your season. Um, and so the expectation has been that we are going to see a number as John Heyman put it 
starting with a five, which I would hope that would be like 500 games, but no, I, it'd be like 50 some. Um, and then, and then uh, we still seem to be at an impasse today uh, between the negotiations. So just, just to wrap this, this, uh, this episode up, um, what do you guys think we're going to see this season as far as, as far as baseball is, well, first question, is there going to be baseball? And then second question, what do you think this year is going to look like? For me, I still think there's going to be a baseball season. I think this is more of a negotiating tactic from Manfred. I hate that he's kind of taking the fans hostage through this whole thing because we're the, I mean, the fans are the ones that are, I mean, obviously the, the players as well. Um, I mean, they're really taking everyone as hostage besides the owners here as to, cause no one really knows what's going to happen, but I think he's really just trying to stall a couple of weeks because he knows right now that the players are not going to take anything less than a prorated salary. So the players, like you said, will play as many games as you want prorated. And it, Manfred right now, if he put into a 50 game season, he would look pretty bad because they could easily play close to 80. So I think Manfred's going to stall this out until 50 games seems like the most they can play and then say, hey, look, we did the best we could. We're going to try and play as much baseball as we can before the end of September. Everyone's happy, even though no one's really happy doing that. It's pretty obvious what, in, in my opinion, that that's what this is. Um, I, I think he's kind of playing with everyone's emotions by doing it, but that's kind of how it needs to be done, I guess, if you're um, if you're on the owner side of things, wanting to um, save as much money as possible. But yeah, I think there'll be baseball season. I think it'll be around 50 games, I think. It seems like the the reasonable guess right now. I mean, I hope so. I'm ready to play. I know, you know, everybody that, like, all the players as a whole, like, everybody's ready. Everybody's been ready to play for weeks. Like, I think, you know, for us, it just comes down to we just want, if we're going to work for a day, we want to get paid for a day. And I don't think there's anything wrong for that. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with for asking that. I think, um it's pretty fair and I can just hope, man. I just hope that there's something cause I'm ready. I'm just ready to play. Like I'm ready to go play baseball. I think like the America's ready to watch baseball. Yep. Like, I don't know. I, I, so hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to, to piggyback on that, um, a lot of guys, right. have been tweeting about, you know, they're ready. Let's go. Tell us when and where has kind of been the mantra. Um, so, you know, I, I think for the, for the good of the sport, I really hope that we have season this year. It's unfortunate baseball couldn't be the first ones back to a very sports-starved American population. But, you know, it, it will if it's a 50-game season, it will certainly be interesting. There's going to be a, uh, a lot of variability, a lot of uncertainty. And if it's a 50-game season over like 60 or 70 days, we could see four three-man rotations. We could see crazy bullpenning we could you know every game will mean so much to the playoff race you know as you put it you're like starting in in, uh second week august yep yeah yeah crazy so uh, i think for right now it's a wait and see and and uh just to wrap things up uh thanks guys for for listening thanks both of you for always contributing great thoughts enjoyed this one um and you know Hopefully we'll have more stuff to talk about <laughs> when when baseball when baseball starts back up. Fingers are crossed from maybe from our next mind. one will be like on my drive to Baltimore. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, that would be sweet. Huh? It'd be like the Ian the Ian Happ uh, road trip podcast. Oh, with yeah, with Mekis, Dakota Mekis. That guy's yeah. awesome, by the way. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Uh, thanks guys. Once again, for listening, uh, you can follow the podcast at framing the combo on Twitter, check us all out on Twitter. We've been 
We've been pretty active recently, and, and let's hope for some baseball. And we will hopefully see you soon once we get some news. So uh, signing off. See you guys. Thank you.